0: Hey, hey, if you have not already, time is running out. I am launching a new group coaching program. It goes live in August. It's called PEAK, P-E-A-K. It's all about helping you build an online business from things you are passionate about, things you have experience in, opportunities you are aware of, and the knowledge that you have. We are going to be a class of 10 total students. There will be weekly calls where we're going through the lesson plan. There will be... Uh, expert interviews and calls where they're sharing and teaching on a specific thing. And by the end of it, you're going to walk away knowing how to build your business, knowing how to take that thing that's in your head that you've always wanted to turn into something and turn it into something. You're going to know how to build an online business and largely have started that process and largely be through that process, building your products and your content and knowing how to tie it all together so that you're driving sales regularly. So if you want to join... If you have any interest at all, head over to www.gregclunas.com apply. That's www.gregclunas.com slash apply. Hopefully, I'll see you on the other side. In this episode, I sit down with Miyoko Taylor to talk about finding your amazing and what the heck that even means. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaves, Big changes. Big changes. Big changes. Another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas and on this show I have two primary episode types. First is the solo episodes where I'm either sharing a personal experience or doing deep research into a topic and both of those can be considered as me being the student and sharing all of the stuff that I'm experiencing or learning or just curious about with you to start a conversation. And the second episode type is where I bring someone on who's vastly more experienced than I am vastly more knowledgeable than I am, and is capable of shedding light into what they've found to work for themselves and for their clients and for the people that they've helped and impacted in their lives. And today is no exception. On the show, I've got Miyoko Taylor. Miyoko has been featured on Success Magazine, Bustle, Women's Health and Fitness Magazine, Reader's Digest, Ladders, and he specializes in what he calls helping you find your amazing and awakening your greatness. Now, largely, you guys know I have a bit of an issue with a certain terminology used in the space, and so if I didn't personally speak with Miyoko before jumping on this call, My immediate reaction would probably be similar to yours right now, which is, what the heck does that mean? That sounds like fluffy personal development nonsense, (laughs) right? But uh, after getting on the phone with him, talking to him, it was so incredibly clear that this dude is real. He knows what he's talking about, and he might use the fluffy terminology, but that's just to get your attention. Because underneath it, it's nothing but real contextual action. So without further ado, Miyoko super pumped to have you thank you so much for being here
1: thanks so much greg i'm excited to be here
0: so uh let's start here i want to very quickly qualify you for the people listening tell me to me or to you rather what does awakening your greatness mean like what is the hard contextual truth of that
1: the hard contextual truth is this i believe that we are all born with amazing gifts talents and abilities unfortunately a lot of people have gone to the grave and their talents and their gifts and abilities have died with them so my particular mission i mean as somebody in personal development um, in that field and as a coach and dealing with mindset my particular objective for every single human being that i come across that i work with that i am blessed to have the ability to sit down and talk to is to help them tap into exactly what that is so when i talk about finding your amazing or awakening that greatness. It sounds a little fluffy, that's actually funny. But the reality of it is, is there's that hidden potential in each and every one of us. And usually sometimes it's just underneath the surface. So I show people how to find that. And it varies from person to person. So that's what awakening your greatness is. It's it's not this big fluffy, you know, unicorn trotting down a rainbow. It's truly the true essence of who you are and the aspect of the value that you can bring, not only to yourself and your family, but to the rest of the world.
0: Absolutely love that. And I think actually the the most natural follow-up question to that is, well, how do we start? Because so many of us, I find the big issues around accomplishing our goals or aiming for more or, or whatever it is, is that we're sort of passively experiencing life. We're sort of unconsciously going through it, living within our habits and living within our routines and never stopping to ask those big questions of well who am i actually and what is it that i actually want to do here so i'd love to hear just your thoughts and your experience how do we start to do that how do we start to sort of break out of that unconscious dream and come into reality and start to figure these things out
1: very very good question two things the first thing is that one of the biggest problems that people have is setting goals and they they they're concerned about not achieving their goals. Well, the reality of of it is is I'm going to ask you this and I'm going to ask everybody listening. How can you really effectively choose a goal, but you don't really know yourself yet? And here's the problem that I was having, you know, um, first and foremost along my journey. And I want people to understand when I say finding your amazing, that's actually an acronym for awareness, mindset, action, zest, impact, nourishment, and goals. Notice that goals is at the end of everything else. Because until you find out who you really are, what you're passionate about, and what your core values are, you can't really effectively set goals. This is why a lot of people are interested in their goals and they're not committed to them because they don't have that anchor. Of passion, of purpose—that's going to actually support them in those times where adversity comes. Because you and I both know, Greg, your adversity is going to come when you're trying to achieve anything great or anything worthwhile in your life. So we have to start there. So, right, it's becoming self-aware, and I call this my mirror moment. I was at a point in my life where, you know, I was obese, I was in a horrible relationship, worked at a job that I absolutely hated, I hated myself at the time, and I will wake up, man. It was like I was just literally existing you know in a space where i was existing i was going through the motions every single day and i remember looking in the mirror and crying because i didn't recognize who i was anymore because i was always this kid this young entrepreneurial kid from a very very young age very creative very expressive and i allowed other things people and situations to influence my entire thought process so The manifestation of my life became everybody else's thoughts everybody else's vision everybody else's perception of the world and i found myself setting goals that i wasn't passionate about that i wasn't excited about and it led me to that particular point that result so i said okay who the heck am i i can't continue to Mm -hmm. live my life at this point anymore the way that I'm living it because it's really not my life. I'm an imposter right now. Interesting. So that's, that's the realization that I came to. So in order to even change any area of your life, man, you got to get to the point where you're self-aware to say, Hey, you know what, whose life am I really living right now? Am I in a career or am I in a profession because my parents thought it was the cool thing to do? Do I really love it? Is it what drives me to wake up in the morning every single day? And these are the tough questions that a lot of people don't want to ask themselves, but they're life-changing questions. So many of us coast by life, man. I mean, we live life on accident. And what I mean is that if anything good happens to us, it's not by design. It's literally by accident. It's a surprise. You know, something good happened to me today. Most people do not have a blueprint for their life. And I was at that point in my life where I was just spinning my wheels, man. I mean, I was depressed you know, every other day. Um, I was blaming the world. I was blaming society, blaming the president, blaming my parents, blaming everybody else, but taking accountability for my actions. Because the reality was is whether or not I was influenced or I listened to any thoughts or opinions of others, my result in life was a direct Response from the behavior, my belief system, and the actions that I was taking every single day. And I had to own it, man. And I had to swallow that elephant. I had to swallow it. And when I started to do that, then that's when I was able to start to institute the steps that I needed to change. But it was only then. I didn't set any goals yet. We're just on the awareness part of it. I didn't set any goals yet because I had to reconnect to who I really was. And I found out a lot about myself. When I started to tap into who I was, what I was passionate about, and what my perception of what success was, because everybody's perception of success is different. So I had to find that out for myself. What is successful to Miyoko? You know, what gets me out of bed every single morning? You know, what do I want to do with the Mm -hmm. rest of my life? That's where I had to start before I even set any goals. And I think sometimes we as people we look at people accomplishing these things in life you know whether materialistically or or whatever and we see these people in the media on the television as so quote unquote very successful people and then sometimes i i feel like we feel like we should be setting goals to the capacity that they are and that's not necessarily true you want to set goals that make you excited about your own life that give your life purpose and in order for me to do that and many of us out there listening, many of you out there listening, you've got to really step into who you really are. And most people, unfortunately, have no idea who or what that is.
0: So give us some, um, because I have this concept and I'd actually love to hear your opinion on it. I believe that the quality of the answer you get is directly related to the quality of the question that you're asking, right? And so my fear here, because I think you're absolutely right, but my fear here is that people are going to listen to this and they're going to go away and they're going to start asking themselves these questions to mm-hmm. figure out who they are. And and that's the right move. But if they're not asking high enough quality questions, are they really coming to the right answer? And if they're not educated enough on themselves already – How are they going to be able to sort of qualify whether or not those answers are the correct answer, right? So I'd love to hear from you. One, are there any sort of like go-to questions that you guide your clients through for figuring this stuff out? And two, if so, what are those and how can we start to think about, this question of, well, is this the correct answer? Is this like the, the actual answer of who I am or is this just where my mind goes?
1: Right. Very, very good questions. And I love that you're asking questions like this. Okay. So one of the first questions that I ask is this exercise that I do. And it literally takes about five or six minutes of my client's time. And I make sure they time it because I found just through study and research in my own experience that when you ask someone a question and they immediately answer and they start firing away, that's usually what's in their subconscious in the first 60 seconds to two minutes. So one of the things that I do is one of the questions that I ask for myself is what makes me happy? And I that's one of the questions I ask and I time them. I give them 60 seconds to write down everything that makes them happy. So they have this sheet and they're just going to work. Sometimes people write down two or three things. Sometimes people are just going to town, just writing a bunch of things. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, when the timer's done, I'll go on to question number two. So question number one is what makes you happy? And question number two is write down everything that you want to do in your life that you haven't done yet. And you start getting people to to write all these things down. And what that's doing is it's causing them to explore a side of themselves, that real life, that adversity, that the day-to-day hustle and bustle, if you want to call it that kind of blocks out of their mind because they're so worried about these other things. So they're starting to write these things down. And then another question that I ask them is, I want you to to describe your perfect day, not just a day in the present, but in the future. What's your ultimate day? What does that look like for you? I want you to dream big. And, you know, they write this particular thing down. And I ask them these series of questions because it gets them to think. And then when they're done, I'll ask them to circle the most the three most important answers to that question that you wrote down. And then I start to work from there. And it's amazing what actually happens because most people don't really think about what makes them happy. They don't really think about what they really want to do their life that they haven't done before. And three, they're not really figuring out what their perfect day is. So sometimes I get somebody that says, you know what? I don't know what makes me happy, but I know what's important to me. That's pretty much one and the same in a sense. So when I'm doing these exercises, I'm pulling specific things from their brain that they're not really thinking about on a regular basis because nine times out of 10, most people are not doing the things that make them happy. That's the problem. That's the problem. So if I can get to that question number one and I see people writing a lot, then I know we have a lot to work with. If I get to that question and uh, they may be writing one or two things or they're stumped then I know we have to dig beneath the surface a little bit more, but it starts with what makes you happy as simplistic, as cheesy as that sounds. This is something that many people mm-hmm. do not think about because they're they're just existing and they're living a life where they're giving and it's either bills it's children it's just the regular obstacles of life that they're dealing with and they're not taking any time to nurture themselves and really figure out what's really important to them outside of the parents and out you know outside of the parenting and the children and you know the basic things of life because it's more than that it's it's more about what makes you genuinely happy and that's where you start i mm-hmm. think that's a question everybody should ask themselves what makes me happy 100%
0: And what I'm hearing, and uh, definitely, definitely weigh in on this and correct if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing is that it's actually less about the question itself and more about this process for the participant of making a decision on something. Is that accurate?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's 100% about the process. It's about the process. Because if I don't get you thinking, if you don't start thinking about what's important to you, what makes you happy, what you want to do, then It repeats this vicious cycle of living a life that everybody else expects you to live, doing what everybody else is doing. You have to lead your own life and you have to do what makes you happy, what you're passionate about, what's purposeful. I believe every human being on this earth, if they are not doing something that they feel is purposeful and that they're meant to do and that they're passionate about, there's always going to be something missing. So that's why I start with what makes you happy, because there's a lot of people that are not doing anything at all what excites them, what gets them motivated, what gets them up in the morning. And this is why I tell a lot of people, don't be so quick to call other people lazy because they're not accomplishing specific things, because oftentimes it's not that they're lazy. They're just not passionate about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make them happy.
0: Got it. Support for this episode comes from Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to try new foods or just save some time preparing meals all while eating healthy, whole foods you can get excited for. I got a box from Hungry Root recently and wow, was I impressed. First of all, the box was filled to the top with awesome snacks and fresh foods. It was one of those things where I kind of felt like, oh, you know, I'll get a box but it'll be mostly empty space. You know how companies do that. That was not the case with Hungry Root. It was packed. It was such a cool thing to open that box and just see the food basically spilling out. It was amazing. It comes with this awesome recipe booklet that shows you exactly how to make each meal in no time at all, which is great because I really don't have a ton of time to slave over a stove trying to cook my dinner. And so it was nice that all these meals could be made in like 30 minutes or less, which is super, super cool. And the food tastes amazing. But the best part of all of it is that everything is made from plant-based whole foods. So you know that you're going to walk away from the meal feeling happy, healthy, and full. And that's exactly what happened with me. I found that when I eat plant-based, I feel amazing. And so the fact that I can just order snacks and meals and just easy, fast lunches from Hungry Root, and it's going to be plant-based, I'm going to feel amazing, it's going to be fast to make, that is awesome to me. So if you want to give it a shot, and I highly recommend that you do, Head over to www.hungryroot.com and enter tiny leaps at checkout. And when you do, you're going to save $25 on each of your first two orders. That's a $50 savings overall. All you have to do is go to www.hungryroot.com and enter tiny leaps at checkout. So I want to dive into this question of passion. I've spoken on this show quite a bit about my personal experience and sort of not disdain, but lack of, of stock in the term passion mm-hmm. and what passion has sort of become in the last few years of the industry. It's definitely something that I've personally, I think anyway, really wasted a lot of time because of. So this message of, right. of follow your passion mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. gotten to the point where if you ever wake up And you're not excited to do something. Well, it must mean you're not passionate about it and you should quit and do something else that you are passionate about. But it doesn't seem like that's what you're saying. So could you give us like what your definition of passion is?
1: My definition of passion is the purposeful drive that you have towards something to add value to yourself, to your family and to the world around you. That's what passion is for me. And I'm glad that you pointed that out because a lot of people will tell you if you wake up in the morning and you're not passionate about a particular thing, you shouldn't be doing it. So defining what passion means, I think it definitely means something different to me as opposed to the commercialized bubblegum approach of it because Mm -hmm. what I'm passionate about, I believe that it's part of my purpose on this earth, that I'm purposed to do it. So that in a sense drives me. To do it, I feel like it is my part of my mission. So I am passionate about that particular area, that particular topic, subject, or action that I am doing. So there are times when I wake up in the morning that I may be tired, I may not be mentally there, but because I believe that I'm purpose to do what I'm doing, that drives me. So that's what passion is. It's, it's just it. not something that you, oh, you know what? I've always loved to do this, so I'm going to pursue this. And then you fail. Then you, you have that same feeling about something else. No, that's not what being passionate about. Passionate is. With mm-hmm. passion, you see the, ambi- the ambition is there. The purpose is there. There is a reasoning and a, an overall mission behind it. That's real passion, man.
0: Absolutely love that. And that actually lines up so well with, I would say that, I am passionate about this show. I'm passionate about the book I have coming up. I have I'm passionate about my business, but my personal definition of it has evolved over the years to now represent less about the actual task or project or like the specific thing I'm doing and more about this sort of need to solve this problem. And, and so I launched this show because I felt that personal development was becoming sort of broken and dangerous and misrepresented. And, and it's such a valuable thing for everyone. But unfortunately, so many people don't pay attention because of the fluffiness. And, and so my quote unquote passion for this isn't about podcasting, isn't about this show specifically. It's about solving that problem and creating a space where we can talk about changing your day-to-day behavior, the psychology around it, the economics around it, and create these sort of real conversations in this space. Would you say that that's sort of a good view of how to approach finding your passion is more so what is the problem you want to solve?
1: Absolutely. I agree with you 1000%. I think when I hear somebody say this is my passion or I'm passionate about this, when I see there's a mission behind it, an objective, there's like a true like purpose, and they're impacting so many, that's somebody that's really passionate. That's somebody that's found their passion. I think passion, just like success, just like failure, all those particular words have been very commercialized now. That's Mm -hmm. just how I feel about those particular things. So I'm really, really glad you asked that question because most people, to be honest, are looking at passion in the way we don't want them to look at it. So I appreciate you asking that question and getting that deeper level of understanding here. So I agree with you 100% on that, that that's what passion truly is. There's gotta be a driving message, a driving mission, a purpose behind it. And it's something that me doing this for so long that you can see in other people, you can see the evidence in their action. They build movements like passionate people that are really passionate about what they're doing and they're purposeful. They build movements and you see them all around you. And it's not just waking up one day saying you want to be a chef and you're going to go pursue that. And then a year later, you think you're going to, you want to be a carpenter. Then the next thing you know, you want to be a public speaker. Next thing you want to know, you want to be a coach. That's not true passion. No, I think passion is connected to who you are, your experiences, the lessons you've learned, and that overall value that you can give to someone else that you just can't get away from. You feel compelled to do it. That's what passion is to me, man.
0: Absolutely love that. That is such a, I'm so happy to have sort of like a concrete definition of it finally on this show, because it is a question that I've personally struggled with i actually started this show specifically in response to a book that was exclusively on this topic of finding your passion and sort of misrepresented Mm -hmm. it so it's it's great after 290 or so episodes to have that uh clarity around it so i appreciate you sharing that that's awesome let's uh switch gears slightly here i want to We're about 22 minutes in. We're coming up to last five or so minutes of the show. And I want to hear a little bit more about you and how you got to this place. Like you mentioned earlier uh, that you working in a job that you didn't feel that attached to, it wasn't bringing you much value. And, and as a result, I'm sure you weren't mm-hmm. bringing them much value. And how the, you went through this journey of sort of finding yourself and who you were, and, and that allowed you to come to where you are now. But I want to hear, where were you before that job? What are the events throughout your life that have sort of shaped your worldview on this subject?
1: Well, I was always a type of person. I was an inquis- inquisitive little kid. Like I was always trying to give people advice. I was that guy people would shoo away. Like, come on, this little kid doesn't know anything. So I always had the a passion for helping and teaching and educating others. And the reality of it is, is somewhere along the way, and I can't pinpoint it when I just started listening to other people. You know, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. So it landed me in a career of of doing insurance and financial services. Um, Then it landed me um, into something else. And then I went to college.
0: Now, really quickly, was that actively listening to other people, i.e. they're coming up to you and saying, do these things? Or was that more so passively where you're just sort of following the path that was charted?
1: Now, it was a mixture of both. Some people would say, hey, you know what? There's this uh, new job, uh, new profession, new industry. You should check it out because you're good at X, Y, and Z. You're good at communicating, you're good at helping people. I think you'll enjoy it. Hey, really? You think so? Let me try it. And then, college, you know, the particular area in college that I went for was something that I really wasn't passionate about. But I, I listened to my parents and other people that said, hey, you know what? You'd be good at this or you'd be good at that. And I, I would find myself getting into these particular situations. And that's how I lived my life for a very long time. And that's what really led me up to that particular point. And I realized that I wasn't really, I was making my own decisions, but I wasn't really making my own decisions at the same time. I was carrying out the actions, but this wasn't really where my thought process was. And it led me to that particular period. And I remember Googling, man, and how to find myself. I literally Googled that. I tell everybody this story: how to find myself, (laughs) and personal development came up, and I'm like, okay, what the heck is this? I never heard this before. And I ran up on Tony Robbins. And how long was this? This was this had to be eight or nine years ago. But this went on. This this search went on for about I want to say two years. So I got into personal development. I started reading a lot of Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar. Um, Bob Proctor, Les Brown, you know, all the people that a lot of people have heard heard from. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. You can really change your mindset type of thing. And the problem that I was having was that I would get a little bit of improvement, but my environment didn't change. Like I would go home, mm-hmm. I'd go home excited and pumped. Yeah, let's do this. And then that would wear off. So I learned that, wait a second, motivation has an expiration date in a sense um, you're not gonna always be motivated. So I needed some.
0: Oh, I love that phrase actually.
1: Some some applicable, I needed some applicable information, man motivation has an an expiration date. And nobody really, if you look at a lot of these so-called motivational speakers and people like that, I mean, they pump the crap out of you with motivational antics, sayings, catchphrases. But at the end of the day, what are you going to tell the person that goes home into a hostile environment or an environment where they now have to apply particular behaviors and steps to get out of the situations that they're in? Because I'm telling you, they're going to cool down and they're going to think about the two or $3,000 or more that they spent at this speaking engagement to see you speak and to, to motivate you, to have them motivated. But you need more than that. And that's what I really started to say. Hey, it's more than just this hype stuff, man. This motivation without implementation is just hype. So mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I got to find out. There's, there's more to this. And that's when I started to look into the coaching aspect. And really became fascinated with pursuing career in the coaching field, in the emotional intelligence field and mindset. And that's when it really started to click for me, man. People need to be taught implementation because this motivation stuff, it is like an epidemic, man. I mean, everywhere you look, everybody has a motivational quote. And I'm all for motivational quotes. But at the same time, that stuff has an expiration date because you're not always going to be motivated. Life is going to happen to you one way or the other. And you have to have some type of implementation that you can weather the storm with and say, hey, you know what? I'm not as motivated today, but because I'm going to be consistent in these particular behaviors, I know I'll be motivated. I know I'll be charged again, but I'm still going to be productive while I'm in this particular period. And that's the reality that you and I were talking about off the podcast about personal development. Let's talk about all of it. Let's stop sugarcoating and talking about the cotton candy and the high on the hill with all this luxury stuff. Let's talk about the reality of it. Let's talk about the times mm-hmm. you don't feel like talking to people, the times where you're depressed, the times where you feel like giving up. Nobody really talks about that stuff. How the heck do you get out of that? How do you bounce back from that? Because it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. And um I mean as we close out here, do you have whether for you or for your clients Any parting on advice on how you
1: do that? Here's how you do it. It goes back to the first thing that I was saying before awareness. All right. A lot of people get stuck in a place where they don't want to admit that the decisions, the the things that are happening in their life are because of decisions that they've made. You got to get to the point to where you can own it, own it, and say, you know what, I'm at this particular place in my life because of the of the decisions that I made and I own it. But not only just own it don't wallow in regret. It's okay. It's okay. You've admitted it. So now the question is, where do you go from here? That's where you go into the, okay, what makes me happy? What type of experiences have I encountered in life and how did I learn from them? I think people get so stuck on regret and dwelling on the past and they don't realize that at any time you you can make the first step to start to transition your entire life. So I think that my advice to people right now will be like, look at where you are in your life. Look at where you want to be. And then really ask yourself, what is the first step that I need to take to get there? I think when you really ask yourself that question, that is such an empowering question because you're no longer focusing on the negative. You're focusing on actions. So whenever you start a question, well, what do I need to do? then that actually starts a process in your brain where you're going to start looking for action.
0: Absolutely love that. And that actually ties in perfectly to my own version of that same process, which is what I cover in the book coming out in January. It's step one, figure out what you want. Step two, do an honest audit of where you are in relation to that. And step three, take those tiny leaps every day to get there. And that's really what it ends up being about. So Miyoko... I want to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you so much for all of the wisdom you just dropped on this. I'm super excited because I know that at least one person listening to this just had the unlock they needed to really start to take control of their life and start to change their day-to-day behavior. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much for sharing everything you just brought to the table. Where can people connect with you or go deeper, whether th- or they want to work with you directly or just to connect with you and, and talk to you? Where can we do that?
1: They can actually go to www.myokotaylor.com. They can go on Twitter and Instagram. It's MyokoTaylor, M as in Mary, E-I-Y-O-K-O-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Um, and that's where they can find me. I want to tell you, Greg, I appreciate you because the questions that you asked, I really think were very key and have. Particular discussions on this podcast. So I'm grateful for you, man. Thanks so much.
0: Absolutely. And with that said, a few things for you, the listener. First of all, thank you for spending your time with us. It always means the world to me and it always blows my mind, quite honestly, that you keep showing up to listen to me. So thank you so much for being here. If you haven't already, do me two favors. Number one, Find me on Instagram at Greg Clunis. That's at G-R-E-G-G-C-L-U-N-I-S. Give me a follow. Send me a DM and let me know what you thought about this episode. I'd really love to hear your thoughts on everything we shared and maybe a question or two that you wanted to ask and wish that I did ask, but I didn't. So let me know in the DMs. Definitely hook up with Miyoko as well. Find him at Miyoko Taylor, M E I Y O K O. Taylor. Uh, Send him a DM. I would love it if you could blow his uh, inbox up. I'd like him to not be able to read any other messages besides Tiny Leaps people for the next month. So do me that favor. And uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to the show wherever you're consuming this definitely click that subscribe button. It's the best way to make sure the show gets out to more people that need to hear this message. And it's the best way to represent to the world who you are affiliated with and the type of content that you love and the philosophies you hold around the world. So with all of that said, I've been Greg Clunas. Thank you so much for listening. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day, every day.